up, it's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Tuesday, November 22nd, week 12, coming at us, and I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving this week, by the way. I know I'm going to forget to say that at the end of the show, so I might as well say it now. Uh, It's a great day, man. Football, food, maybe some IPAs or whatever your beverage of choice is. Hey, it's a great day. And uh, very thankful for fantasy football. Some of my teams I'm not so thankful for right now, uh, but we're going to try and line it up with three weeks remaining in the fantasy football regular season. Remember, you ain't guaranteed to play anything beyond that first week of the playoffs if you make it. Now, I know you might have a bye week, so your first week of the playoffs would be week 16, but whatever. Don't be planning for week 17 just yet. We got to get to the dance before we can actually dance. So let's dive into it. Remember, you can get this entire list, waiver wire rankings at ftnfantasy.com, promo code RATPACK for 20% off. By the way, I mean, it's a good gift for the holidays. You have a fantasy football person in your family, uh, give them a subscription for the year. I don't think that's a bad idea whatsoever. At the top of my list, it's Isaiah Pacheco. I would go upwards of 50% on Pacheco, and he is still fairly widely available. He's coming off a 100-yard performance, and the role in the backfield is now solidified because Clyde Edwards-Lair suffered a high ankle sprain. It's really going to be Pacheco and McKinnon, and those high ankle sprains, that could be a four-week absence at least. So it's going to be these guys for the stretch run. Pacheco's the early down runner. In one of the most potent offenses in the NFL. I mean, if you didn't pick him up already and he's somehow available, I would spend as much as you can to get him. Uh, Likewise, though, I would spend on Rashad White. I have 30% on my list, but I would spend on this dude. You know, 30% is a lot. And the thing about it is he did go unclaimed in a bunch of leagues last week because people do that thing that I always warn you guys to not do is sort by projected points and then make their waiver claims based on projected points because dudes on by don't have projected points. He also, mind you, may have been dropped by folks. I had to tell people in the FTN Fantasy Discord chat to not drop him. And why I wasn't dropping and why I am adding him this week is he was the starter before the buy in that Germany game, and all reports are suggesting he's going to keep that job going forward. Every year, fantasy football championships are won on the backs of young running backs. Now, of course, there may be other guys who blow up. Joe Burrow last year, of course, we've seen some tight ends. Like two years ago, Travis Kelsey was a monster. Last year, Mark Andrews was a monster. But every year, the toughest position, well, tight end's pretty darn tough, but running back is notoriously tricky, and it's young running backs. Here we go. Two rookie running backs to top the list. Latavius Murray comes in at number three on the list at 25%. Melvin Gordon was waived. Surprising. Now, I don't know where he's going to land. I'm not dropping him just yet, but I can't imagine there's going to be much value with, with Melvin Gordon. I may have to drop him in a league, to be honest with you. I haven't seen any news about that today. It really, I mean, it could impact the fantasy landscape, not necessarily for Gordon, but if he goes somewhere like, uh, Kansas City, <laughs> it would impact our Pacheco shares. So let's not have him go to Kansas City. But anyway, Murray, he's lackluster. The offense is lackluster, but he had 21 touches this past week. So I'm that's not going to grow on trees. And this dude is very widely available right now. Traylon Burks, 20%. It took 11 weeks, but he finally hit. 
111 yards, seven catches, the clear top receiver for Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. And this is why I love this kid coming into this season because of how versatile he is with his size as well. Now, I'm not going to go crazy. And I've had a lot of people asking me if they should be dropping players who are not droppable for Traylon Burks. I'm not going that crazy. And remember, it's still a run-heavy offense. But the thing, the reason why I have 20%, guys like this are not available at wide receiver very often, especially as we reach this part of the season. You can get running backs, but man, it is hard to find a wide receiver who is starter-worthy. At number five, Deshaun Watson. I'm going 15%. Now, I'm not going overboard here in one quarterback leagues. He's already scooped up in Superflex, I'm sure. But if he is available, 15% is actually a pretty big bid for a quarterback. We don't know what he's going to be in week 13 or week 14 or 15 or 16 or 17. We're only basing it on the past, and we know that he was elite. We don't know, though, if he picks up where he left off because it's a long time since 2020, since the last time we saw him on a football field. So he'll be in a quarterback one conversation. For example, in rest of season rankings at at FTNFantasy.com, I have him at quarterback 12. He's going to be in a quarterback one conversation, but I don't think it's just a slam dunk. And somebody asked me earlier today, would you drop Tua Tungavailoa for Deshaun Watson? No, (laughs) I'm not dropping Tua Tungavailoa. Not doing it. Now, if you said, would you drop, I don't know, Derek Carr or whatever? Yeah, of course. But, you know, I think... Sometimes fantasy managers can't leave well enough alone. And if you have Tua, you have well enough. Like, you're in a good spot. So just be careful with that. Be careful with the expectations on Watson. I'm not saying he's not going to hit. I just always want to prepare for the worst. You know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, not the worst. In fact, pretty darn good. This kid has really, really turned a corner this season. I'm going 10% on him. He has been very consistent since week four. Top 36 production in six of his last seven games. 25th at the position over that span of time. Number seven, Darius Slayton. Wandale Robinson's on injured reserve. That sucks, sucks, sucks. But Slayton now is the only show in town. Actually been pretty good over his last four games. That's five weeks, the last five weeks in the NFL. He has scored twice over that span. The number 21 wide receiver. During that stretch, James Cook, 7%. This was what I expected. We're ramping up James Cook as we get towards the end of the season. Now, James Cook is not a guy we pick up this week with the intention of starting him this week. We are picking up James Cook because if we can catch lightning in a bottle in week 15, 16, 17, we're going to win our friggin' leagues. Is James Cook lightning in a bottle? I have no idea. No clue. But I do know every year, guys like James Cook become that player. So I want to take my shot. Shooters shoot. I'm going to take a shot on James Cook. And all right, if I miss, I miss. But you know what? If I don't take a shot on him, I'm guaranteed to miss. Last week, 11 carries, 86 yards. Uh, I like it. I like the. I like that high ceiling, man. I like that high ceiling for the stretch run. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, 7%. I'm not expecting three receiving touchdowns again out of this kid. But uh, Joe Mixon, if he doesn't clear concussion protocol, P. Ryan will be the guy, and he'll be a borderline RB1. Even if Mixon does, you have a high implied value handcuff, even if you don't have Mixon. And he does have some independent value. So we're in a good spot there with P. Ryan. Cam Akers, 5%. So Daryl Henderson... 
there's sort of some conflicting reports out there because there were initial reports that said he was basically taken out of the game and there was no injury. Then there are other reports that say he tweaked his knee in warm-ups and that was what caused it. I don't really care what caused it. He's not, he didn't play. You know, he played four snaps in that game. Cam Akers got the opportunity to get back out there. And while 61 rushing yards isn't anything to write home about, it wasn't terrible either. 14 for 61. If he can re- reclaim that job, then there's going to be value with Akers. Now, I will say this. I don't see any appeal in the Rams' backfield whatsoever. So this is one of those, like, like I would legitimately rather grab those handcuffs than Cam Akers, who could eventually could be the lead early down back this week. We'll see. I don't have I don't I don't see any appeal here, and I I really haven't all along uh, this season. You know, Akers was the best ranked of these guys, but he was in the RB dead zone. So a lot of folks who followed the strategy uh, that I put out there, whether it's zero RB or pun RB two, didn't end up with Akers, which probably could because you avoided that headache. But he would be slightly better than Kyron Williams. I'll talk about him in a minute as as in terms of an ad this week. Paris Campbell, 5%. Matt Ryan dinks and dunks to Paris Campbell. So, hey, he could be a flex or even possibly a wide receiver three in the right spots this season for the stretch run. Sky Moore, 5%. Finally! Finally. 5 for 63 on six targets. Now, he still may not see a lot of run, but opportunity does knock right now for Sky Moore. And, you know, you have you have Juju, who's still in concussion protocol, maybe gets back this week, probably does. We'll see. You have McCole Hardman on IR. You have Kadarius Tony banged up. It's a good spot for Moore. I'm going to take a shot on him because we're playing for ceiling right now for sure, and Moore has one of those ceilings for this stretch run. Demarcus Robinson, 5%. It's not Duvernay! It's Demarcus Robinson who seems to be the top target among the wide receivers for uh, Lamar Jackson here. 100-yard performance, nine catches. I mean, they're a run-heavy team, but I'm not going to question this. If we, you know, this is the second time we've seen a heavy volume game for Demarcus Robinson since Rashad Bateman uh, was put on the shelf. So let's go. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, 5%. Uh, let's see. Juwan Johnson. I actually got a little string of tight ends. So Juwan Johnson, Austin Hooper, Logan Thomas. Johnson is the preferred option. I go 5% on him, 3% on the other guys. Johnson has five touchdowns over his last five games. Now, he's not getting crazy volume. They are still using Adam Troutman and apparently the unicorn or whatever. <laughs> Taysom Hill will still be used. But when you get these waves with these players... Ride the wave until it crashes. That's all I'm going to do here with Juwan Johnson. So, yeah, 5%, pretty much the best option who's likely out there. A week, another brutal week. Last week, we lose Goddard. We lose Zach Ertz. This week, we lose Kyle Pitts. So, you you got to kind of, you got to cobble this together. As far as Hooper and Thomas are concerned, the volume isn't great. Like, don't get carried away with the two touchdowns for Hooper. Uh, look at the volume. He's only top four targets twice this season, but you know he is being used, and a passing game is trending up for them. Likewise, Logan Thomas. This was his only fantasy viable performance of the season, but we know he has been viable in the past. So if he's trending in the right direction, you get him on the cheap this week. Kyron Williams, three percent. I honestly was pleasantly surprised with how he looked, but the backfield is still going to be a committee. The backfield's still going to be a mess, so I'm not going any higher than 3% on him. 
Justin Watson, 3%, actually could start this week, and you know he's got some big play upside in a very potent offense. Jameson Williams, 3%. He doesn't look like he's going to play this week uh, for Thanksgiving, but could be activated next week. What are we going to get out of him, though? Like, I know people love Jameson Williams, and, and rightfully so. Like, exciting player. We saw him really make his mark after transferring to Alabama last year, and, you know, there's a lot to root for here. But what are our expectations? Like, that team is the run game, and it's Amon Ross St. Brown, and that's pretty much it. Now, I don't think Jameson Williams is going to do that much down the stretch, so I would not overspend here. A uh, couple quarterbacks, three quarterbacks here. Best streamer of the bunch would be Garoppolo. Derek Carr in the mix. Ryan Tannehill as well. Garoppolo coming off a big game last night. Put up the uh, four passing scores. He's just got all the weapons at his disposal. It's a great spot for Jimmy G. Derek Carr, he's got a good matchup this week with Seattle on the board. And coming off a pretty strong performance, like a bounce-back performance for him in the offense. And then Tannehill, likewise, the passing game got going. He could also be viewed as a streamer in one quarterback leagues. Handcuff season, Alexander Madison, Deion Jackson, Matt Breda. If you have Dalvin Cook, just remember, and I'm going like 2% on these guys. I don't think you have to over overpay for them. But remember, Dalvin Cook has missed time in December in two of the last three seasons. As far as Jackson is concerned, it does seem like the new regime just views him as the number two. So he's the cuff to Jonathan Taylor. And then Matt Breda, if you have Saquon Barkley, it's wise to cuff him up right now. Like this is the time where you want to protect your assets. John Walford, Matthew Stafford in the concussion protocol, second time in the last two weeks. Usually that means he's going to miss at least a week and probably more than a week. Walford was injured, though, last week and didn't play. But I'd go 5 to 10% and super flex on him. Mike White, not Flacco. Mike White. Likewise, it'd maybe go about 5% in super flex on him. We had Robert Sala non-committal on whether or not it would be Zach Wilson this week. So could be Mike White, a little bit of a dink and dunk artist, but possibly could be a top 24 guy when it's when it's all said and done in, in uh, super flex formats. Bryce Perkins, also worth a stab. He would get the start if Walford can't go. He is not a passing quarterback, but he's not a bad running quarterback, actually plus skills in that department. So he'd be viable in Superflex if you really were in a pinch. And then Trevor Simeon, we don't know the extent of Justin Fields' injury. The initial report said we would get an update tomorrow, Wednesday, for Fields. And and the weird thing is, he is called day-to-day, but Matt Eberflus did leave the possibility of season-ending IR on the table, which is like the widest possible range you can have and not good. Uh, if it does end up being that, because Fields has been an absolute star. So if you're worried about that, Simeon's not bad. He's a good number two, and he would be a top 24 guy very likely or right on the edge of top 24 territory. So cover your assets. Uh, the only hard pass player this week for me is Jonu Smith. I'd loved seeing the 40 yards on four catches, but he ran just 11 routes. That was 14 fewer than Hunter Henry. My hold list, Foster Moreau. Only one for 33, and it came in OT, but I'll take it. Uh, He's not as consistent, but he does have a nice high ceiling, and he's going to be a playable option, especially with all the tight ends injured as long as Darren Waller is out. Kadarius Toney, I want to see the extent of the injury before I move on from him. Deontay Foreman, I'm not putting this week on him. That was Baker Mayfield. And then Garrett Wilson, I actually am very intrigued by a quarterback change. Can you get me me white? Let's see it. 
let's see it for Garrett Wilson's sake. Here's who I'm cutting, Kyle Pitts. He's on injured reserve. That means four games, not four weeks. So the earliest Kyle Pitts can return is week 17, which is the fantasy championships. You can move on from him. Isaiah McKenzie, coming off a of fantasy goose egg, Khalil Shakir is closing the ground uh, with uh, McKenzie. Wandale Robinson, also on end, uh, season-ending injured reserve. Daryl Henderson, uh, well, I initially thought he wasn't injured, but even if he is, e- either way, that backfield's such a mess. And if you needed to move on from him, if it's been like a conundrum for you and there's somebody like Pacheco out there, then just do it. Uh, Chase Claypool, he's played three games with the Bears. He has five catches for 32 yards. Not in each of the games, Altogether, five for 32. Even if Simeon's in there, I just don't know if there's enough meat on the bone in the passing game. Chuba Hubbard initially looked like he was going to either be like, you know, one and one A with Foreman or possibly even the starter. And Foreman just took the job, you know, just took the job straight from him. So Hubbard is is a deep player and, and I have no interest there in holding him, unfortunately. And then Jalen Warren, Hammy, uh, it's apparently not that bad, but you may need the spot. And this is the time. You know, there's no such thing as stash in week 12. Like we don't, we're not stashing players anymore. We're we're out of that phase of the game. We're moving into end game phase. We're not middle game anymore. It's it's end game. Defenses. All right. So if you have one of these four, you're good. Patriots, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles. Otherwise, I do think streaming is the way to go. My top tier streams this week: Kansas City facing the Rams. I don't care who's under center. The Rams are the number one matchup for defenses this season. Denver versus Carolina. That Denver defense hasn't been the problem. And man, who's even going to play quarterback for the Panthers this week? Miami versus Houston. Davis Mills has thrown two interceptions four times already this season. Giddy up, Miami. Uh, The best of the rest, if those defenses aren't available or if you get scooped on them, Indianapolis facing Pittsburgh. Uh, that's the number three fantasy matchup. Kenny Pickett has tossed eight interceptions in seven games. He's being sacked right under three times per game. Minnesota versus New England. Mac Jones and company couldn't even put up point. They they I mean, granted, the Jets defense is pretty darn good, but three points because remember that that was a punt return. It wasn't Mac Jones responsible for that. So I'm gonna keep attacking him. Washington versus Atlanta. Did you realize the Commanders are the number one fantasy defense in back-to-back weeks? So how about that? Facing that Atlanta offense just lost Kyle Pitts, their best offensive player, to injury. Carolina versus Denver. Russ is not cooking. And honestly, the Panthers were not bad last week against Baltimore. I mean, they hung in that game, and a, a big part of it was that defense was able to contain Lamar Jackson and company. So Carolina... I mean, that's a deep one. That's, that's like, uh, should I really do this? All right, I'm going to close my eyes and hit submit. Uh, but uh, hey, sometimes beggars can't be choosers. All right, so if you want the whole list, remember, ftnfantasy.com, promo code RATPACK for 20% off. Also, don't forget, there is another podcast I do on Wednesdays and Fridays. It's called the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. It's pretty much this same exact podcast with different music. But uh, make sure you subscribe to that as well uh, so you get every pod from yours truly. And, uh, yeah, enjoy your Thanksgiving. So I'll be back on this feed in a week for week 13. That's crazy, man. Uh, At Jeff Ratcliffe in the meantime. And uh, go crush it this week. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe. And I'm out.